Welcome up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. The fabulous fifth hour is upon us. That means uh, anything can happen. You never know. You never know. Uh, we do know that uh, Drew Sanders will join us coming up. Vandergriff High School football oh, coach. Nice. Vandergriff undefeated still. I always learn a lot from Coach, talking to Coach. Kind of like a football theory segment for you, Rod. It is. Yeah, for all of us. Just asking random stuff that I'm thinking about, football stuff. He always has great information and great knowledge, and why wouldn't he? That's why his team's undefeated. Yeah, the only only uh, head coach Vandergriff that program has ever known. Ever known. He founded that or started that program in the school you know, came into existence. I asked so. him last week if it was the best team he ever had, and he, he, he refused to answer the question. He wouldn't it's, do it. Even though I think a lot of people out there believe this is the best Vandergrift team he's ever had. <laughs> I'll stay it for him. This is the best team he's ever this had. Ever, right? What did you say the margin of victory was has been so far? Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's some crazy number, man, like, like, like three touchdowns or something. 250. It's, un, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, so I, I think it is his best team he's ever had, and um, honestly – they look to be getting better every week, so they won't get they won't get a their first real test. It doesn't seem until unfortunately maybe the playoffs. Yeah, uh, that's probably true. But their their goal, as he says, is to win the district. Yep. And so we'll talk to coach coming up. We're also talking Texas and BYU. Rod will take us behind the BOC one more time. Uh, you did watch some film, watch some game tape of BYU, I did, who's did. five and two this year. Yep, got into it, and uh, you know it's, it's, it's good news, bad news, right? I think you know the for the Texas offense. The good news is defensively, they're just they're not very good. I mean, they're just uh, – they're 61st in scoring defense, which is, you know, they're right there average, you know, right there in the middle of the road. Uh, but 80th in rush defense, 100th in pass defense, 98th in total defense, 103rd in third down defense, 99th in 10-plus yard plays allowed, 130th in tackles for loss, 127th in sacks. You get it, right? There's spectacular about them on defense, except – the way they take away the football. They're extremely opportunistic. I watch the DBs. They get beat, but they take chances. They gamble. And when they get their hands on a football because of a bad throw or an errant throw or a tip pass, they take advantage of it. They catch it. They catch it. They do. That's really what the big difference is. They, when, they, when they have a turnover-worthy play they're defending, they actually take advantage of it and maximize that opportunity. That is why they, uh, they got 16 takeaways, lead the Big 12 right now. So, to me, that's how this thing goes awry for Texas offensively is if that young quarterback, Malik Murphy or Arch Manning, whichever one, we know Malik's going to get the start, but whichever one of those quarterbacks is in there and they turn the football over, um, become you know careless with the football, that's when things can go real bad and go off the rails. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Sark is going to have a game plan that's built on running the football. C.J. Baxter now looks like a different player because he's completely healthy. He's got a hell of a burst and acceleration when he gets to the line of scrimmage and gets to the hole uh, to get to the second level. Jonathan Brooks has been really productive, one of the best top, you know, top five most productive running backs in the country right now. So this is the perfect time. Obviously, it's never a good time for an injury to your starting quarterback. But the perfect time for your running game to be reaching its peak, for your running game to be uh, getting into its groove, and that's what's happening right now. So I suspect you're going to get some heavy personnel. You're going to get some 12 personnel. You're going to get help. You might even see that 6-0 line package a little bit more. You might even see 21 personnel, the pony package for Sark, two backs, one tight end, but two tailbacks like they used last year with Rojo and Bijan just to go heavier sets and run the football and run to open up the pass when Sark was passing to open up the run when he had Quinn Ewers in there as his starting quarterback. 
All right, more on that coming up behind the BOC. Yeah, not nothing spectacular except for those turnovers. Now, that Texas Tech game, Texas Tech had five, but oh. two or three of them were just giveaways by Texas. Oh, it was they, terrible throws. Terrible like, throws, yeah. and that's a third-string quarterback that Joey McGuire you know, really would rather have not have on the field. Texas is going to go with a backup quarterback because, remember, we told you BYU's played back-to-back backups, kind of like Texas did their run through September. They had a backup quarterback for TCU jump in there and mm-hmm. torch them. And then they had the third-string quarterback for Tech, and they took advantage of him and beat him 27-14. But they won that game by 13, but they only, gained, they only threw the ball for 125 yards, Keaton Slovis. Yeah. So this should be advantage Texas yeah. at home, even with a backup quarterback. But they are 5-2, and two, and, of course, it's Sark's alma mater, so there will be a little bit of uh, thought. By the way, Vandergriff, who will talk to Drew Sanders, they've outscored their opponents by 300 points now. <laughs> they've outscored – they have scored 360 points, Vandergriff. They've allowed 60 points. I know. And I don't know what's more impressive, the defense or the offense. Both, like, man. It's a team. Right? Like, the defense is, is been spectacular, but the offense has just been explosive. They really do. I mean, like I, said, I think it's his best team, and they are hitting on all, clicking on all cylinders right now. I, I, I guarantee a coach wants to see him test it, though, before the playoffs. He'd like to see it before yeah. they get to the well, playoffs. We'll talk to him about that. Yeah. As <laughs> I mean, but if they keep doing this, I mean, they're not going to get tested. No, they're, they're not They're, they're smashing people early with yeah. uh, Deuce Adams, our quarterback. Uh, speaking of smashing people, will there be some smashing tonight, Buffalo and uh, – Baker Mayfield and the Bucks on Thursday night football. We're getting ready for that out at the um, the uh, backspin. Oh, that's right, Bar and Grill tonight. Yeah. Uh, but so then the NFL this weekend, Rod. We haven't really. We, Cowboys have been kind of off the radar. You had the good stuff on Patrick Sertain earlier, but maybe the Cowboys trade deadlines Tuesday. Mm-hmm. How do you like the matchup with the Rams? Uh, the Cowboys are back from the bye. They're playing the Rams. Yeah. And it's an intriguing game. I mean, Matthew Stafford back in his hometown. Of course, he's from Dallas Lake Highlands or Dallas Highland Park. Uh, so he's pretty familiar to the locals. And uh, Matt Stafford's playing a pretty good brand of football. Puka Nakua, yes. Cooper Cup, yeah. uh, Sean McVay. This is a team that's probably doing more and getting more out of this team than a lot of people thought. This was yeah. one of those teams you thought maybe would be in line to draft a quarterback coming up. They're actually playing some pretty good football. Yeah, I believe you go look at um, rookie snaps by non-quarterbacks in the NFL. The Rams are in the top four. Teams playing a Cheap lot labor. of labor. They need it, right? Because they exhausted their salary cap. They won a Super Bowl, so hey, well worth it, by the way. Um, but they've exhausted salary cap, so now they're kind of working with kind of the bare minimum that they can uh, work with, considering their salary cap uh, restrictions or their uh, salary cap limits. And Puka Nakua is the big story. I mean, through the first seven games of his career. Um, he, uh, uh, only uh, wide receiver with more receiving yards through the first seven games of their career is Jamar Chase. That's so crazy. It is crazy. So that's what you got to stop because now Cooper Cup is back. And that was Puka Nakua getting a lot of usage, a lot of target share when uh, Cooper Cup was out. Now Cooper Cup is back. And the, I still think Puka Nakua is going to stay a pivotal uh, – he's going to be a play a pivotal role in the offense. But now you got – Cooper Cup back to really shoulder that burden on, on offense for Matthew Stafford. And that makes them tough to, to stop, especially if you're, you're the Cowboys and you had one of your starting corners go down in Trevon Diggs. Now you do got Stephon Gilmore, and I pointed out Deron Bland's playing at a really high level. I mean, he has the lowest pass rating allowed now for any cornerback in the league. So he's doing his part. But then you look at the nickel positions, you're going to be – obviously you're less effective there because that's where you had to run Bland. So you may see nobody moves around their receivers as much as Sean McVay. He loves to move those receivers it's a around. a chess match with Dan Quinn. Yes, he loves the motion and getting those receivers uh, on the move and forcing defenses to adjust to where they're going to be and find where they're going to – those movable chess pieces are going to be. He'll even put Cooper Cup in the backfield. He'll put Puka Nakua in the backfield. So you're right. It's going to be a great chess match between Dan Quinn and between Sean McVay. I think the Cowboys – 
should win this game. I mean, they shouldn't be in danger of losing this game, but we've seen crazy things happen because they lost to Arizona. Well, and you got a, you got a, you got a high-level quarterback, and anytime you have that and weapons. With weapons, yeah. If they don't, you know, but the Cowboys will get after him. That offensive line is great. And they're banged up on the running back spot. Uh, Cowboys are coming off a bye, so they should be fresh. Maybe we get the best version of Tony Pollard we've seen so far. Need yeah. to see that. Uh, but, you know, they've been so hurt. Remember, they traded Cam Akers to start the season. Because uh, he was in the doghouse and disgruntled with his role, and this kid Kyron Williams stepped in and was having a great year. And then he got hurt, and yeah. so now they're down to like Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson's back in the mix. They signed uh, Zach work. Evans. Remember, we brought Zach oh, Evans yeah. off their practice squad from TCU. Yep. So they're having a hard time with that. But uh, Puka Nakua, uh, Cooper Cup, a guy named Tutu Atwell are some pretty good players you got to deal with there. But, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, they gave a game away last week against the Steelers. I watched that, and the Steelers. I don't know how the Steelers are four and two. It's unbelievable. Uh, Mike, Mike Tomlin's Tomlin, a damn good coach. I mean, they're four and two. Mike Tomlin's a good coach. And Houston gave them one of their two losses by a, by a lot down in Houston. Mm-hmm. But they they found a way to beat the Ravens. Remember when the Ravens dropped all those balls? Yep. They beat the Rams last week when they were getting outgained. There was a point in the second half where they were outgained like 300 yards to 100. And they, they scored 14 fourth-quarter points, the Steelers, to beat them. The Rams kind of their own worst enemy in that game. There was a really controversial officials call late in that game on a fourth-down call. But either way, Steelers found a way to win it. But the Rams would be over 500. Instead, they're 3-4. and four. They're kind of a back-and-forth kind of team. Uh, if the Cowboys can stop their run, because that's the key to a Sean McVay team, that outside zone, that run game. If you can shut that down, uh, you feel pretty good about it because if they well, can't run the ball, and you're going to be all right. And the Cowboys should be fine there because – Demarcus Lawrence is playing really well, especially as a run defender uh, this year. And they have safeties that can help set the edge for them. They yeah. can get the, and then they're fast defense, so they can fast flow and run to the football. So <clears throat> I think they'll be, excuse me, I think they'll be okay defending that outside zone. What I worry about for the Cowboys is really on offense. I'm not really worried about the defense. I think defense will be fine. I'm worried about the offense and their passing game. Because the passing game right now is just, uh, it's very. How's the running game? <laughs> Not great. <laughs> You're right. Maybe it's the offense overall. Um, but, yeah, the, how about this? The passing game should be better because you have better weapons. Yeah. Right. I'm not nothing against Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle. But the passing game, guys, you brought in Brandon Cooks. <clears throat> Excuse me, a 1,000-yard receiver. You had Michael Gallup, a former, another 1,000-yard receiver in his career at one point. Coming off a, a year, you know, a down year for him. He was coming off the injury. He was supposed to have a bounce back year this year. That hasn't happened. It's supposed to be a year that CeeDee Lamb ascends to number one, which, by the way, is happening. CeeDee Lamb's legit. 121 passer rating when targeted, 11 yards per attempt, 81% completion percentage when targeted. He is a true number one receiver. That actually has worked out as planned. But the Michael Gallup plan has been a bad one. It's been a fail. 54% completion percentage and a 60 passer rating when targeted. Zero touchdowns, one interception. And same thing with Brandon Cooks. 56% completion percentage, 4.7 yards per attempt when targeted. Three interceptions, one touchdown when targeted, and a 43 passer rating. They got to fix the, the, the target share and the way they weaponize those other wide receivers. And honestly, it, it's kind of – it's strange that the, everything in that offense seems to be performing at a subpar level, and yet CeeDee Lamb is having like a, a, a great year. Like He's having uh, one of the best years that we've seen from any receiver in the league, and it doesn't make a lot of sense because, honestly, the offense should be underperforming, which means if the offense starts performing at a higher level overall, at a more competent level, it's, re- it's a reasonable assumption that CeeDee Lamb's productivity is also going to increase. And he's already been really good. His, his first read target share, target rate, I should say, down to 24% from 34% in 2022. His target share down from 28.6% in 2023 to 22% in 
and 20, in 2022 to 22% in 2023. And still his yards per route run is up from 2.38 to 2.44. But average route depth, career low. Average depth of target, career low. Explosive uh, reception rate, career high. Yards per target, career high. It doesn't make sense, but like I said, if you follow the analytics, it will show you, or you can at least make the assumption, a safe one, that the offense gets better, CeeDee Lamb's going to get better, and he's already really damn good. Yeah. Uh, they need to weaponize him. And Michael Gallup has to play better. Let's be honest about that. They need more out of Jake Ferguson, too, who's been the, the pretty good tight end. Uh, they need to weaponize him. But when you play the Rams, obviously the biggest thing in, you know, for your offense is to block Aaron Donald because uh, yes. he can wreck your game. I mean, he he's single-handedly. Uh, one other NFL note as we start looking forward to the week and the weekend of uh, college and pro football, in addition to the World Series, we missed it earlier this morning, had a great conversation with Gene Watson, our baseball insider, told some great stories about his time with the Rangers and uh, uh, all the good stuff. Good breakdown of that World Series. Oh, yeah. Looking for that. It was at 7 30 this morning. We'll have that on the podcast. But how about this, Rod? You know, the most outspoken owner in the league, is it fair to say, is Jerry Jones, right? He's the one that talks the most. He does talk the most, but Jim Ursay is trying to give him a run for his money. Well, Jim Ursay hey, talks a lot. Well, Jim Ursay took to Twitter. <laughs> oh, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> well, if you saw the end of the Browns Colts game this past weekend where the Colts nearly beat the Browns, but there were two controversial penalty calls that aided the Browns in a go ahead touchdown late in the game. Uh, pass interference calls, yeah. they would have gotten off the field. Uh, so now, and the NFL came back and admitted that the calls were wrong. Ooh. So Jim Ursay uh, says this, as the NFL admits and understands they did not make the correct calls at the end of Sunday's Colts-Browns game. Hmm. Uh, I believe we need to institute instant replay for all calls, including penalties, in the last two minutes of all games. Okay. I'm glad you said last two minutes. Um. Last two minutes, it's not a bad idea for the last two minutes. For an entire game, hell no, because the game will be too long. For too long. Uh, but the last two minutes, that's not bad, E. I don't, I don't hate that. And I've, I've long been on the side of Bill Belichick on this, who has advocated for we should be able to challenge any play. Pass interference calls, too. We should be able to mm-hmm. challenge any play. We have the challenges. Uh, I, I'm big on, I would, I'd be big on, on challenging roughing the passer calls. Okay. Uh, because, you know, they're, they're, the players, the, their officials are so trained to call that and sometimes it's not. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes the quarterback is acting. And, and I understand yeah. the officials are human beings and they're being told protect the quarterbacks, protect the quarterbacks. But there are some of these calls that are just ridiculous, yeah. Rod. And how often are, are roughing the passer calls BS. on like third and nine and it's a BS call where the guy just kind of tapped the guy and he yeah. fell down. Actors now, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I'm for – I mean, if you want to do it in the final two minutes, that's fine. But there are big moments in games where – you know, drives are being had or a defense. You know, you're trying to get off the field, Rod, and you, you get off the field, all of a sudden there's a penalty for, for a bad penalty. Uh, I don't disagree, but there's Jim Irsay, outspoken, saying he's an owner. He's an owner of the, so he's one of the 32 owners of the league uh, saying, yeah, we need to institute this. Now, he has the power to help influence that. Yes, he does. Um, Vote on it. Uh, the 39-38 loss, cornerback uh, Darrell Baker. Uh, Darrell Baker was hit with a penalty on two consecutive plays, just under a minute to play. Oh, but back-to-back PIs? Back-to-back PIs. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I and on the see. third down play, not only did the Browns quarterback <laughs> P.J. Walker get strip sacked, but the Colts came up with the fumble, looking like they're going to get the ball back and end the game, take a knee and be done. And they called a, a really flimsy pass interference call. Yeah. Uh, before the I mean, strip sack fumble, third string quarterback. Uh, and I, you understand that the owner's pissed that they lost the game. And then the officials come out and say, oh, yeah, we got that wrong. Well, you just cost us a game. Yeah, we just lost the game. That, are too that, important, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah you, you admitting cool. that they got it wrong does nothing for me in retrospect. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, <laughs> talk, I talked about with the automated strike zone in baseball. These, these guys, people's jobs are on the line here. People, yeah. this guy, Darrell Baker, 
Like get cut. Like get cut. <laughs> like get cut. And I was on by, oh, yeah, we got it wrong. I was like, got it wrong. <laughs> My job is on the line, man. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, we won the game. That was a game-saving strip sack fumble. Yeah, can- uh, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I know hate hearing more replays, but I think we're all forgetting the plays right. Uh, it's one of those, if it happens to your team, you want it uh, immediately. Basically. Be able to. So yeah. I, I don't think that's a crazy idea, and I am for being able to challenge any call. Um, you know, because you, you have the challenges. That's what they're, they're for. You can challenge whether his foot was inbounds. You can challenge whether it was a fumble or a catch. Uh, you should be able to challenge, hey, no, 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 that was not a penalty, y'all. That, was that was a, or that was a penalty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. even more so. Yeah, but those become judgment things. The PI stuff's going to get tough. And uh, is there enough video evidence to, you know, unequivocally overrule the call, that kind of stuff. But I think there are some that you can go, okay, we made a mistake. So if they come out and admit later they made a mistake, the NFL, you can get that right in real time. No, you're right. I mean, the NFL, they do they don't want to slow the game down anymore. So you'd have to make sure in terms of the protocol that you can do it quickly um, because they've gone out of their way, whether it be, you know, the in-game commercials and advertising and, you know, the split screens and all these different things to try to shave time off of games. And every league, by the way, is doing that uh, because they know they, they lose the, the younger generation when you go to replay for two, three minutes. They do. Those guys, they get on their phones and they go, you know what, I got to find something else. And they, they don't sit down and watch games like we do. So this is not for our generation. And for e, we will sit there and, and watch through a four or five-minute replay review and sit there with bated breath right waiting to call. That's why, I got, that's why I got the ticket. I got to watch other games. I yeah, got like see, a four yeah. games going. Exactly. And Red Zone addresses that too. People are like, no, no, I'm going to go to something else. And the, the younger generation, they're the same thing too. They are me. microwave ADD yeah. generation. They will move on to something else after like three, two, two, less than three minutes. Yeah. They're moving on. You see this screen we got? up right here in my house yes, got, uh, yeah he's got six damn ch- <laughs> he's got six damn channels playing simultaneously up here i'm all i'm overstimulated up in here man well that's my direct tv that's the uh <laughs> that's the, the 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 sports package page so we got every sports channel right up there on the big screen right we you got espn yeah. fox sports one cbs got tennis down here got the nfl <laughs> network over here come on man it's a, it's a little overwhelming I'm not gonna i don't miss you. anything you do not miss anything but you're right so you're one of those people you're not gonna stick around for that three five minute replay Views like no nah, man I'll, I'll come back and see it yeah so they don't want to lose viewership that way so that would be the only argument against it but I'm with you man get it right just get, just it, get right. it right get it right too important just get it right uh, we'll take your thoughts on that uh, the text line is five one two four four seven three seven seven six what say you uh, Jim Irsay says you can challenge or at least review every penalty called in the final two minutes of a game I like that. every penalty. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't, you know, I'd like to hear the argument against it. Um, you're right. Belichick's been trying to get stuff like this done for a minute, for yeah. like 10 years now. He's been no, they're human this. beings, and they're going to make missed calls. But these calls become very important. And if you can rectify them in real time instead of after the fact. I mean, think about the most famous one that comes to my mind is the NFC Championship oh, Rams Saints. Saints. Oh, it was brutal. I mean, that, would, that, was, that was to tend, send a team to the Super Bowl, Rob. I'm a DB, and I was like, that was such a P.I. Like, how? <laughs> and, and I, I was like, not a P.I. And, of course, if you're Sean Payton at the time, you want to review that play. Because uh, remember, that, that over and over, that the Saints would have these horrible ends of their season. Remember, they had the, oh, the Minnesota Miracle did, yeah. with Stephon Diggs back oh. in the day. And it's like, Okay, that's our fault. We screwed that up. Cursed. But, you know, that was, that was to go to the Super Bowl. It was. To, that was, that, was that would have everybody on that legacies. team. It changed the lives of everybody on that team. Yeah. <laughs> right for now Sean Payton's to, to two Super Bowls, and Drew Brees has a chance to win two Super Bowls. Yeah. And, you know, legacies, that, you got to get that right. Yeah. I, you know, I would agree, especially if you want to do it in playoff games, for sure. 
uh, review in the final two minutes. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe just for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, we come back. Well, so the games like this where you lose because you but you should have won that can keep you out of the playoffs. I mean, every game is important in the National Football League. That's what makes it so compelling. Yes, sir. That there are no throwaway games. I mean, it comes down typically at the end to a game or two that get you know, a game that gets you into the playoffs or not. That's true. Wild card divisions, home mm-hmm. field, that kind of stuff. Hey, we're back. When we do, it's Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandergrift Vipers, one of the most dominant teams not just in Central Texas, all around Texas. They've outscored their opponents 360 to 60 Ooh. in an 8-0 start. We're talking wow. to Drew. Coming next on Hook'em Up. Right? Yes. Yeah. And was after an injury, I think you got to give him some time. There's no reason for the Brandon Cooks regression. Like, why is Brandon Cooks now all of a sudden relegated to being a subpar third receiver on a, on your team when this is a guy that's been a thousand yard receiver on every team he's been on. Yeah, and also this text says Jalen Tolbert has been non-existent as well. We heard what a great training camp he that's had pre season. Yeah. No, I, I just think the Tex Coast offense to this point has been a failure. It, yeah. That's now, I mean, the defense has carried them to a couple of wins and Get again. It doesn't mean it can't get better. It's a new offense that they're they're installing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got a long season here, but same time, so far it has not been good. And the idea was to, you know, but they're winning games, right? They're they're sitting there right where they want to be at four and two. Yes, yeah, so coming it's, out of it's a lot five. of that happening in the NFL right now. Teams just not winning the way you thought they would win games. Like Kansas City doesn't win games the way you thought they would be winning. Look at Philadelphia. They're not winning exactly the way we thought they would be winning. It doesn't look exactly how we thought it would win. Yeah, you, know, you just got to find a way to do it. Got to find a way to get the dub. You do. They always uh, look pretty. Well, and this is a this is look a, the this, this is a dub opportunity, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a chance to get a W right here because you got the Rams. You're coming off your bye week. They lost a tough game to Pittsburgh, and uh, and here you go. Uh, all right, let's go to the Vaqueros Hotline. Every week at this spot, we talk football at a high level with the uh, right now the tenth ranked team in the state of Texas. Wow. Uh, one of the top ranked teams in this area. They're eight and zero. As we said, they've outscored their opponents by. 300 points to this point uh, in the district. They're now 5-0 in the district. they got a big game with Vista Ridge coming up on Friday. It's brought to you by Brain Vault and that Brain Vault technology that we'll tell you about. His team wears that Brain Vault orthotic. Uh, the entire team have been fitted for those. It is Drew Sanders of the Vandergriff Vipers. Coach, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, Coach? Feeling good, huh? 8-0. You still get, get the goal of winning the district is still firmly uh, in your control right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we started the season with, was being able to go undefeated in district and trying to be outright district champs. And so um, and this would be our sixth in a row. Now, we've shared it twice with Round Rock, but this would be um, our fourth outright district title in our history and sixth in a row. So we're, we're, we've been shooting for that all year, and we're excited. It's, it's almost there. We've got, of course, a couple of tough games left, though. Yeah, Vista Ridge. We'll talk about that. Well, actually, go with that Vista Ridge. I mean, you, you know, this is a six and two football team that's three and two in district. Uh, they're kind of a neighborhood, you know, border area for you, right up there by the mall uh, and, and off off uh, Palmer Lane. I and mean, this is this is a good rivalry. And Vista Ridge got a good football team this year. Yeah, they do. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Besides Cedar Park, this is the only school that we have played every year of our existence. So definitely a rivalry. Um, they have a great squad this year. Uh, they they kind of make their money on their defense. Their defense is, if you look at all their scores, their defense is hardly giving up any points. Um, and then they've got a, a couple quarterbacks that they're playing, actually. One that's kind of more of a, um, a wildcat-type runner-type quarterback, definitely can still throw, and then another guy that's also really good. Uh, but their defense and, and then game management is how they've been winning games. And so they're a very solid team, and then it's always a good game when we play Vista. And, of course, we got to go over to their house, Gupton, and and they usually sell out that place or come close. So it's going to be a great atmosphere, I think. Hey, Coach, uh, one of the national 
uh, storylines, conversations happening right now uh, about sports, about football. It's about sign stealing um, in Michigan and the allegations against Michigan. What are your thoughts about sign stealing? Um, is it something that you know to be prevalent at, uh, at the high school level, or at college level? What are your thoughts about sign stealing, and is it something you think is uh, an issue? Yeah, you know, I think I kind of err on the side of I'm sure y'all – um, we're listening to Matt Rule's comments. Did y'all hear his? Yep. Yeah, we yes, played sir. those. Yep. Yeah, him and Dion were both kind of on the same thing of like um, they didn't get on a high horse or anything. They were just kind of like, guys, during the game sometimes that can go on. Um, I would say that happens sometimes in high school. It sounds like it happens in college too. I've only been a high school coach. But, you know, for us, that's why we have three signalers. We change who's live. And, and so you might get – you know, a series, but then it's going to be a different signal the next time. And, and then the same thing Dion says, you know, you do, you do have to still stop it, um, even though you may know. It. And then on the defensive side, I just – I'm the only person that signals. And so if they get it, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of like, well, you know I'm in cover too, so let's see if you can, you know, um, <laughs> score on it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, you know, my, my thoughts on that. I mean, I, I, I don't understand, though, with all the money – one of the things that's interesting that Rule said, it's with all the money in college, you know, this is a multi-million dollar, um, every, every Division One program is a multi-million dollar organization. Why can't they put the stuff in the helmets? You know, high school, I understand not everybody could afford it, I guess. But that was always interesting to me is why the NFL has this technology for years, but, you know, the colleges um, don't use it. So that's always, that was an interesting point when he brought that up that I hadn't thought about lately. Yeah, I mean, I think it should be for yeah. sure. Uh, Mr. Ridge, the opponent this week for the Vandegrift Vipers. Coach, we talked about the dominance of your team. We know your team's good. You know you've got a good squad that was in the state title game a year ago and, and wants to get back there. What's been the key to the dominance for you? What, what is it, you know, your leadership? You guys are just not I – mean, you're, you're blowing people out. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, 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 it's pretty – and they're comfortable by halftime. What's been the key for you? Is it the week of preparation? What, what goes into to this dominant run you guys have been on? Well, you know – it is. It is really hard. It, it's so hard. Y'all are, of course, very versed in all different levels of football, and you know how hard it is to go undefeated. And the reason it's so hard to go undefeated is because everybody buys into how good they are. They listen to other people, and they lose their focus for a game, and they get beat. And this this team so far, and then we'll we'll see if we can do it for a couple more weeks uh, through the regular season, but. They just seem to, to not worry about all the stuff that people are saying. And they go, all right, who are we playing this week? And they work as hard as they can in practice. And they come out ready um, for, you know, for battle on Friday night. I mean, so I think to answer your question, I think we've just got a mature group that's not listening to outside stuff and, and uh, pretty fortunate they're just listening to us and focusing on each week one at a time, which is unique, uh, but it's been refreshing. Hey, Coach, I want to ask you because Steve Sarkeesian has stated uh, after – multiple games, actually four games so far this season, that all of the prep they've done, the preparation and film say they've done on an opponent has basically kind of gone out the window because the opponent has given them a look to start the game, presentation that they had not seen on film, that they had not prepared for. How often have you done that to an opponent? How often has it been done to you where a team gives you a totally different look on game day than you prepared for that you saw on film? Well, so let's talk about offense first. So this year with Miles, every week is an adventure. Um, you know, we talked, we've talked all year, and we never know what people are going to do. What is their plan? Are they going to bracket? Are they going to mix it up? Are they just going to just try to play it straight and see if they can survive um, and bring pressure? And so 
if you, you know, a lot of times when we can score the first drive, which we have some and sometimes we haven't, it's, I think it's just a really impressive job because we're, we're figuring it out um, as we go. Like That's all the chatter on the headsets. It's like, you know, what are they doing? Okay, oh, they're, they're following Miles with this guy, okay? Or no, he's by himself here. All right, hopefully he throws it to him, you know, that kind of thing. And so, but when you have a, a really great player like Miles is, that's, yes, totally people will come in with something different uh, than, they, than they do. Flipping, flipping that, when you're good on defense, we've been fortunate to be pretty good the last couple of years on defense. Um, people take one of two paths. They come in and they say, we're just going to do what we always do. And if that's the case, generally we do well uh, against that. But then a lot of people will come in and say, all right, this first series, we're going to do something totally crazy. And all the tendencies and everything I've worked all week is, is so off. Uh, in our Harlan game, that was one of our problems in Harlan is uh, I don't know if you remember that playoff game from last year, but we yeah. got down by 14 points and they came in and what they had come up with offensively was actually really unique. Um, and they did a great job of, of running it. And we, we were struggling adjusting and we finally figured out how to adjust to it. And of course, rattled off several straight touchdowns, but um, they did a great job in the first half of bringing a total new game plan that kept us on our heels. Break tendency. Break tendency, yeah. You got to. It's a really good team like uh, Vandergriff, and maybe that's Vista Ridge's plan. You mentioned they had a running quarterback in the, in the thrower. He's a senior. Arnott, uh, what's, your, what's your read on him? What do you have to do to, to slow down this Vandergriff team or Vista Ridge team? You know that they're good on defense. Yeah. You mentioned that. What's key for the offense? Yeah, they, they are. Uh, you know, offensively, <laughs> they've got several great uh, receivers, but they're going to run um, outside run. They love to, to run what I call the stretch. Um, they love to do that. They'll also do some, some pin-pull type you know, gap seam type stuff. Um, but, and then Arnott's, you know, he's, he's an experienced quarterback, um, does not get rattled when you bring pressure and then they're not afraid to throw it deep. So we've got to have our, our shell over top consistent at times. Um, but yeah, there'll be some, definitely some nervous moments in the game because he's going to throw it deep and you can't stay in two shell all the time and stop the run. So you've got to do different things. And so, you know, he'll have some, He'll have some one-on-one matchups that hopefully we can make plays, but they are definitely going to challenge you down the field. Coach, appreciate it. Best of luck, and you have to go on the road again this weekend. And uh, always fun in district, and or maybe not fun, but it's fun for the fans. Uh, district road mm-hmm. games, Vista Ridge, the location. Uh, you guys are eight and zero. They're six and two. This is one of the best matchups in, uh, in high school football on Friday night. So looking forward to it. Best of luck, Coach. We appreciate the visit. Go get them, Vipers. Okay, thanks, guys. See y'all next week. Thanks, Coach. Hey, let me tell you about the Brain Vault technology, Rod. Brain Vault is the real deal. So much so that our man Drew Sanders believed in it, got his uh, whole team uh, fitted for the Brain Vault technology, and why wouldn't you? If you've got a young athlete in a collision sport where contact is going to be there, you need to get the Brain Vault. Get them customized for you. They've got to be fitted for your jaw and your mouth. It's a revolutionary patented mouth guard that's been proven to help the risk of concussions. I know you're thinking, well, how would a mouth guard do it? But when you really read into the science of it, you understand it. It's like a shock absorber for your in your mouth for your whole for your whole neck and, and head it optimally aligns the lower jaw in a position that strengthens strengthens your neck muscles to minimize concussive forces aligning that lower jaw position uh, at the moment of contact uh, you know because you're going to clench and it's going to happen but it's, it's like a shock absorber right there strong neck muscles help slow the head down during the contact which helps minimizes stretch and shear of the brain tissue that leads to the tbi that's the traumatic brain injuries and again it's all research-based uh, proven over and over again also have told you with brain vault dr greg eckert who's my my dentist, I was, saw him yesterday, right? He got my, my new mm-hmm. teeth all, all done. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, now i got to protect him with the brain vault. But he, um, 
He worked with Drew Pittman, an agent in the NFL. Over 100 players in the NFL have been wearing the Brain Vault technology for eight years and have reported zero concussions. Now they've taken it to retail, and you can get yours for your team, your young athlete, uh, going to BrainVault.com. It's BrainVault.com. So do like the Vipers do. Do like the Texas cheerleading squad does and so many teams around Central Texas and beyond. Do it at BrainVault.com. Hey, Rod, can we go behind the burn orange curtain real quick before we get to our what's popping before the top of the hour? And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, just uh, doing some research on the BYU Cougars. I was watching some film last night and took some notes about the uh, the BYU offense going up against the Texas defense. Um, it's it's going to be a good test for Texas. Uh, Texas last game versus U of A struggled defending several different concepts, all of which, and even Steve Sarkeesian admitted this, uh, Coach Sark said, you're going to see – uh, those crossing routes, those uh, pick routes, you're going to see a lot of those same concepts versus BYU, and he's right. Uh, in my notes, I watched uh, three different games for BYU. They love crossing routes. They love the mesh point. So you'll see a lot of the crossing routes. You'll see the shallow drags. You'll see the overs. You're going to see unders uh, against U of H. Texas uh, allowed uh, 71% of the drag routes and crossing routes to be completed for over 100 uh, 100 yards. Uh, They cannot allow that to happen versus BYU. BYU is nowhere even close to as skilled offensively as the wide receivers on the outside for U of H, but still they know how to run these concepts really well. They execute them really well. Uh, And if you go look at also uh, Texas struggled versus empty formation, in that game versus U of H. U of H ran a lot of empty formation. I think they were watching last season's uh, film because last season, you know, Texas did. They struggled versus empty formation last season. We haven't seen it as much this year, uh, but last season that was definitely a theme, and I think that's where U of H started building their game plan because last season Texas was also really bad at defending the inside cuts. They were terrible at defending inside cuts. As a matter of fact, last season teams uh, had a 21% explosive play rate. Uh, on inside cuts and a 49% first down touchdown rate in 2022 on inside cuts. U of H saw that, and that's why they went to a lot of inside cuts, a ton of them, and they had a lot of success running those inside cuts on Texas uh, to the tune of 13 yards per attempt. Texas has to figure out the inside leverage. you got to get inside leverage because BYU is going to run a ton of that. They're also going to run empty. Remember that 51-yard uh, play? I think it was the longest play offensively from scrimmage for U of H. That was out of empty formation. And, yes, BYU, they love to run empty formation. Now, Keaton Slovis is not a high-level quarterback. He actually has regressed every year as a passer. Even though he started at three different uh, institutions, he's regressed every year as a passer. He's not a high-level passer, and he's not a dual-threat quarterback at all. So you don't have to worry about being disciplined in your pass rush lanes to get him. But he does have good pocket presence and good pocket awareness. Um, But as a passer, he struggled. But these are easier concepts for him to complete. Uh, Whether we're talking about the cross routes. These are simple, easy, higher, higher uh, percentage completions. Also empty formation, easier to find one-on-ones and manipulate matchups that way. And also targets to bunch. I've been big talking about targets to bunch formation, cluster groups of receivers, closely clustered groups of receivers. Texas has been really bad at defending these concepts uh, so far this year at, against starting quarterbacks, the four starting quarterbacks they played, not the backups. Texas is allowing uh, over 75% completion percentage, six, over 16 yards per attempt. And you're talking about first down, touchdown rates, and explosive play rates over 40%. Those are 
eye-popping numbers. They will have to solve that it's problem. It, it is terrible. They'll have to solve <laughs> that problem versus BYU because BYU will target. They like bunch formations, and they will target bunch formations. They also, one other thing, they love exotics, flea flickers, double pass, stalk and go, fake screen and go. Uh, they love that. So you'll see a lot of that, too, against Texas. Why not? It's a big game. They know they'll be trying to beat uh, knock off Steve Sarkeesian, a former uh, BYU Cougar himself. So it's a big game for them. They're going to pull out all the stops. So expect exotics uh, in this game. Lasseter is probably their best wide receiver, in my opinion, but they got three of them they trust uh, that are pretty productive. But Lasseter, I believe, is probably the best one on offense, in my opinion. All right, here's a Texas BYU. You're, you guys on the on the air pretty much saying the same thing y'all said when BYU beat Texas two out of three times back in uh, the, your last decade. Uh, so um, much for now. Well, look, I don't know if that's – There's no Taysom Hill on this team. I don't know if we're saying the same thing because, first of all, it wasn't the same Texas team back then, and it's not well, the same BYU, it's a BYU team. fan. That's good. You got to support the Cougs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's fine, but obviously you, you weren't listening to, to me back then. <laughs> so, uh-uh. I, I, lo- I know you're great, but you weren't listening to me back weren't then. Weren't you on the sidelines Bri- then? Yeah, bring the receipts, brother, because Rod B comes with it every time. <laughs> right? There you go. I can tell you right now, my analysis is usually on point. And, by the way, it ain't always been pro-Texas. That's how I know you don't listen because most of the time – it's been anti-Texas because Texas has been bad. And yeah. if people are like, Robbie, you're too negative. You're too negative. This year, I've been pretty positive. So that's an ill-informed comment. Yeah. Get him, Rob well, B. Get him. You were doing. You're on the sidelines, were you not? Yeah, I, exactly. For the Taysom Hill, <laughs> yeah. Boy on a I remember game. when Manny Diaz got fired. They're basically on the sideline, got demoted. On the, I was there listening, like, oh, I think. The, I remember telling them in the in the headset, where I say, I think Manny Diaz is being demoted, <laughs> like literally right now, real time. And by the way, that's never the end of you because who's got the best defense in college football Penn right State. now? Manny Diaz. Penn State. Manny yeah. no Diaz. There you go. Hey, we come back. It's what's popping to get you ready for a Thursday. There's NFL tonight. Uh, 50 days of football continues. Also some hoops. Uh, Ty will have his Sex Panther pick of the night. Uh, we'll get to that before we wrap things up and get you off to gym realm. Let's get it. Come back. What's popping? What's popping? Brand new whip. Just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that. The pick of the day is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you use promo code HOLD. Indeed, indeed. Get after those picks. Plenty to pick tonight. Uh, if you're doing MyBookie or Underdog Fantasy, how about this, Rod? Syracuse, Virginia Tech. That's always a cool home field. You know, they'll be doing the, uh, what is it, a Metallica song at the beginning? Uh, Interesting. They do. Enter Sandman yeah, at right. Virginia Tech at Blacksburg. That'll yeah. be them hosting Syracuse tonight, 6.30 on ESPN. You got Georgia State and Georgia Southern tonight. That game is in uh, Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, so you got college football. Of course, you got the pro game. Are you interested in Bill's Bucks? Uh, yeah. Josh I Allen, Baker Mayfield. Because I want to see Baker Mayfield play. He's been playing really well. Last week, I think, was his worst game. But he's been playing really well this year. I want to see what the Bucks he's, are doing. In the early running for comeback player Baker. of the year, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's playing really well. I uh, remember got cut and was in the, the Rams at the end of last year yeah. and played okay there. But uh, Buffalo is kind of the, the enigmatic team. I, I picked them to win that division. You picked the Dolphins, so so far you're, you're ahead of me on that. I just no, don't but get they them. beat the Dolphins. I know already. they beat them back 18. <laughs> yeah. And they, they beat the, uh, the Raiders by, by 28. They beat the uh, Washington Redskins or Commanders 37-3. to three. Uh, But then they lose to, like, the Jets, and they lose to the Patriots last week. I don't – I don't really get them, man. Uh, yeah. Josh Allen's up and down. They don't run the ball great. Mm-hmm. And they've taken and, some serious injuries on defense. And I think now in Sean McDermott calling the defense a place. He is. And but they lost yeah. the heart by your Barton beat of their defense is uh, Milano, the middle linebacker. He got hurt. Uh, I think when they were in London, he got hurt for the season. 
Mm -hmm. uh, also, Tre'Davious White, their corner, is yeah. out. One of their safeties is out. But still, you shouldn't be losing. You shouldn't be giving up 29 points to the Patriots and Mac Jones. I know it's at New England. That's a divisional game. But oh, Mac Jones is playing. Oh man, I think that experiment is is done. I think they know now. He Mac Jones is not going to be the franchise. Well, I told you Patriots. this kind of quietly. It was reported this work. week that during the summer, Bill Belichick got a very lucrative new contract extension. So anybody talking yeah, about on the down low? Yeah, it's always been kind of a secretive Weird. thing of what Robert Kraft is paying him. Kind of like his massage parlor visits. Kind hey, of on the down low. come on, man. Hey, just you know, just because the FBI's there, you know, investigating the sex trafficking ring. What was it? A, a orchids of a. What was the name of the place? The Red Orchid or something. It was something like Orchids of Asia Day Spa or something. Was that it? That's our owners, baby. <laughs> that was the only reason Robert Kraft got caught. That was the day of the AFC Championship games. You know that he was in Florida, yeah. he was about to get on his private jet to go up. It was like a Bentley Kansas. in the parking lot of a strip mall. I think that's what also stood out. Well, they, yeah, they got caught because they were <laughs> FBI was doing a sting on sex trafficking. Yes, which he had. That, that was not anything. He was just there for the stress release, you know, the, the happy the, ending, the happy the ending. stress release. Thank you. He was Thank nervous. You. Yes, he was he big nervous. Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's the AFC Championship. Yeah, some issues he had to work Trying out. Trying to get man. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was it. It was Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. Come on, man. Is it back open? Oh no, is it? I think it's back open. Robust business they're doing there. Wow, I think it, it doesn't say closed. At one time it said closed, like it was basically closed. Apparently here, Orchids of Asia Day Spa, yeah, Jupiter, you know, Florida, is still open. When the FBI open. is running stings, it's probably time to shut down. <laughs> At least a little while. Just a little while. Tap the brakes. Hey, it is undefeated, so it's going to be. Hey, uh, Ty, do you have a pick for us tonight, by the way? A what's popping pick of the night brought to you by my bookie? Yeah, I gave you an over that or an under that one yesterday, so I'm going to go another NBA under under 225.5 in the Philadelphia at Milwaukee matchup tonight. Okay, under. When, and James Harden, is he playing or not? Is no, he no. He's not welcome on the they team. Told him they told they, him they basically they, he was un, he's not welcome with the team on the road. And this is the first game for the Bucks. We're going to get to see uh, the new, new contract, too. Yeah, new contract for Giannis. New They've got uh, Dame Lillard now. They're, they're now the favorites, and this game is in Philly. Uh, excuse me, in Milwaukee. So you're taking the under in that game. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that tonight. That'll be a fun one. I want to see uh, what Dame Lillard looks like playing with Giannis. That'll be fun. Uh, part of the NBA, got NFL. You've got uh, World Series coming tomorrow night. They'll fire up game one up in Arlington, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. All right, Rod, we'll do this again on a, on a uh, yes, Friday edition. It'll be a free fall, or free fall football Friday tomorrow. Yes, sir. Can't wait for that. Uh, getting you ready for Texas BYU, all the college football. Certainly we'll have all this to talk about tonight or tomorrow, everything that happens tonight in the NFL, college football, and the NBA. And uh, we're getting you in your weekend, Rod. We're getting there. Back to, back to DKR, back to the Mockingbird Saloon for the first time, gosh, in a oh, month yeah. for our pregame coverage. But to, you know if it's home game, our pregame coverage starts tonight, Rod. You and I are going to be at the Backspin Bar and Grill. Damn right. Uh, five to seven, we'll join Patrick Davis on the Sports Complex and talk football, talk some ball, get you ready for that Bucks bills game in the night. So come on out if you live in South Austin, Circle C area, down where Rod lives, Shady Hollow. Come on over, Backspin Bar and Grill. And drive safe. It's yeah, raining. it looks like it's going to rain all day yes, and probably stop safe. about – looks like it's supposed to stop about 3 o'clock. So should be – Perfect time. Nice and muggy for our, our <laughs> five to seven trip, but it's indoors there at the back ten bar grill. Yeah, nice spot. Drive safely out there, folks. Slow it down. Yes, uh, sir. Be safe. Don't be bumping into folks. Mm -mm. Uh, safe travels. We will be back 6 a.m. tomorrow morning for a Friday edition of Hook 'em Up. Missed any part of today's show, including Gene Watson, our conversation with uh, Drew Sanders. It's all there at the podcast at hornfm.com. Thanks to Ty. Thanks to Rod. Hook 'em up, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay.